I'm here with Rod Major from Wells Funeral Services and really delving into the life of a funeral director, the week of a funeral director. What is a typical week looking like? Well, if you take today, Paul, um, this morning I was up six o'clock, getting myself ready for the first funeral, which was at 9.30 um, in the local crematorium here at, uh, in Wales. Um, and then uh, this afternoon, I had another funeral at 1.30, so two funerals today. Um, the first one was a, a fairly straightforward funeral. We didn't have a hearse. Um, uh, the second one we did. So um, sort of a subtle difference between the two. The first funeral was fairly basic, just with a, a few relatives, a half an hour slot, and so uh, a much more cost-effective uh, funeral for the family. Um, whereas the second one we did uh, was a little bit more elaborate, you know, it involved a, a hearse and a man and um, the chapel was full of all the uh, friends and family. But when I say full, I mean just 24 people, of course. Mm. Um, but uh, and then uh, at this sort of time, I've now finished. So that was one thirty the funeral. Um, and, uh, you know, when you look at what's involved in delivering a funeral, that really is the easy bit. Um, the other bit, setting it all up, making sure everything's going to go according to plan, is the more difficult bit. But of course, by the time you've got to the day, you've done that. Mm -hmm. So you can really can relax. And um, I know uh, one of the ladies that, uh, that on the second funeral wondered if there was going to be a bit of trouble with her estranged brother. And uh, I had to inform her that I am a funeral director not a bouncer <laughs> but um, it was easy enough to calm the situation down um, and everything was absolutely fine so everybody uh, I mean when you think about it we're dealing with the whole of the population over time and uh, everybody requires something different so you say that you were well organized for the day two sounds very ambitious to me um, but there could be other days when Obviously, you're not, you're not doing funerals every day. No. Is there a lot of work involved in arranging that? I mean, what's the first stage when you're notified that somebody has died and that you're to take them into your care? If I, I normally get a phone call from either the, the family or the next of kin or the widow uh, or the widower. So I get a phone call. Um, I'll take down all the details where the deceased is. Sometimes the phone call can be before the, the person's died so uh, I've got a head, heads up then I know that I've got to make sure my men are ready and on call um, once I've taken that information um, and let's assume now that the person has died and uh, in and I'll talk about the two cases that I've just dealt with the funerals that I did today um, both of them actually died in nursing homes so um, that becomes a little bit more manageable most of them have got a a lift and so you can go in there with your colleague and uh, uh, bring the person into your care quite easily. Um, then we take them to uh, my, my unit uh, where I have the appropriate storage for someone that's deceased and that means a fridge. Um, then, uh, my, my then my job is really to organise the date of the funeral and bear in mind that I'm client facing so I don't dictate to the client when the funeral will be. What I do is I talk to the client um, and when I go and see the client, this is what I talk to them, but of course today we're in a situation where we um, need to spend as little time as possible with each of our clients, especially if they're um, elderly. So 
What I do is I do all this over the phone uh, with the client, explaining that they need to register the death. So I give them a telephone number um, for the local registrar. They ring the registrar and uh, make an appointment and the registrar will ring them back and register the death. Um, ordinarily, that would come straight after the doctor. The doctor's obviously been to see the person, confirm death. There's a bit of paperwork the doctor has to send to the registrar. So that comes first, then registering the death. Then everything else is left to me. Okay, so I then speak to the doctor and I need a bit of paperwork from the doctor myself. So that's got nothing to do with registering the death, but that has got something to do with um, ensuring that um, the medical status of the person that's died is recorded on a document that we have to hand to the crematorium for the medical referee to check. So because of Mr. Shipman years ago, there's about three checks on every cremation, whereas with a burial, there are no checks. Oh, that's interesting. Um, so a burial, you could almost do the next day, whereas with a cremation, you've got to make sure that the date, um, uh, you know, normally the slots are taken up quite quickly. Um, especially when there's 20 funeral directors using the same, um, uh, you know, crematorium. So what I then do is I say to the family, look, in an ideal world, when would you like the funeral to take place? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, morning, afternoon, midday, tell me when. Anybody coming far away? Everybody living close by? And then we, we fine tune to an ideal day we fine-tune to an ideal time. And then I make the call to the crematorium. Normally it's about 10 days forward, seven to 10 days forward, because we've got to wait for the other bits of paperwork to come in. Um, and I normally can get exactly the right day and exactly the right time, because I'm booking in advance. Um, now the other, the other paper we talked about, the doctors, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the medical form from the doctor, we need that. We need the application for cremation, which is a, it's the most simplest form. You know, you can it's literally my name and address, uh, the applicant's name and address, and the deceased's name and address, their age, that everybody's happy um, that this person can be cremated. And then the other big thing is the doctor's details, but the main, most important thing is, do they have a pacemaker? Because if they've got a pacemaker, it's got to come out. They cannot be cremated with a pacemaker in. And then the applicant signs the statement of truth. So we need that. We need the particulars form as well, which is a form relevant to the size of the coffin, whether they want the curtains to, 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 to close when um, the committal happens and how many people will come to the uh, cremation and so on and so forth. So details for the crematorium to know how their facilities are going to be used. Mm. Um, so when we've got the particulars, the application, the medical form, the only other form we need is a, 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 a cremation, a burial cremation form which comes from the registrar. Once we've got that, we have to obviously pay at that time as well. So it's important to be very conscious about um, cash flow, making sure that you've invoiced the client because at this point when you put the paperwork in, you have to pay. 
So obviously this is a time when I suppose a lot of people that have not been involved in a funeral of a, a close relation don't quite realise that it could be all very well that your wealth is in a property but you need to have the cash available to do everything and uh, mm -hmm. if somebody's got a funeral plan at that stage and that's one of the benefits of a funeral plan is that money is available straight away um, the the person doesn't need to worry about that you do you deal with the funeral plan company i do i do normally um, the funeral plan companies that i have a have experience of if you like um, will normally pay um, the full payment within seven days so they only need two things one is your invoice for the payment and the other is a copy of the um, certificate from the registrar confirming death only two things they need and then they will pay that within seven working days right so that's important to get that off to the funeral plan company quite quickly because remember most funerals are, are planned and organized within seven to ten days yeah um, the other things you you're paying for up front is obviously the doctors need to be paid don't they mm. you know the doctor's fee um, and then of course if you're ordering coffins admittedly we will have an account on that one but nevertheless it's still got to be paid and um, you don't want to be in a situation where you're waiting for payment. Now there's different sizes of, of funeral businesses and you were saying earlier that there will be some companies that have what you call a funeral arranger and that's separate from the funeral director. Um, what's the difference between the two? If you take the large companies and the two major players in this in this marketplace as you probably know are uh, dignity in the court um, and their uh, their businesses uh, are quite vast and even though they may have taken over smaller funeral directors um, they'll have pe different people doing different jobs so you can imagine the phone will ring and someone will answer the phone and then they'll put them on to a funeral arranger or make an appointment for them to come in and see someone that arranges the funeral so this become slightly less personal because of course they've now got to leave their home to come into the funeral business um, and uh, to complete the paperwork and you're sat behind a desk mm -hmm. so straight away there's a barrier there you know um, and um, so the, the funeral angel will then take all the detail take all the information and go through a sales process it, it is very salesy um, and unfortunately um, it's in my opinion, not the, I wouldn't want to do it that way. Um, once the arrangers arrange the funeral, so you know they've agreed the the cost and everything else, um, and uh, payment terms, etc. Um, then they will arrange the funeral, and on the day of the funeral, there will be a conductor or a funeral director. Now, this will not be the funeral arranger. So the person that the the person that they've been dealing with isn't the person that they're going to deal with on the day. Will, no. will they have met them beforehand or are they dealing with a stranger again? Possibly, but more or less most of the time, no, they won't have met them either. Mm. So um, it's a fragmented operation. But you imagine these are big companies and they have separate people doing separate things. And that sounds like a lot of overhead. And of course, these companies have fleets of limousines, etc. There's been some recent press uh, particularly with the co-op or one of the co-ops in London where they've been uh, investigated or accused of upselling and, and trying to reach certain targets because they've got overhead that they need to clear. 
Uh, I can't I can't imagine that's the case in all cases because you've got a lot of family businesses out there. That's right. And I mean, if you take my case, for instance, um, you know, I, I speak to someone over the phone. Um, I then um, speak to them again uh, when I'm ready to complete the paperwork. This is right now in, in the middle of the COVID-19. COVID-19. Um, but in the end, I still need a wet signature from the person, so they will meet me, mm -hmm. even if they don't know me already. Um, and then, of course, I will arrange the funeral. I will keep in touch with them every step of the way. So when I bring the family deceased member into my care, I ring them, text them, or email them to let them know they've safely arrived. Um, and then I talk them through the process and I encourage them to uh, speak to me any time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and they will not speak to anybody other than me. So I, I, I not only make the arrangements, I deliver the funeral on the day, um, and so they have no one else to speak to at all. So it's very personal from me to them. So what it sounds like to me is you would imagine that the, with the scale of the cut size of companies, that the two dominant companies that you're talking about, you would imagine the scale would actually reduce price, but actually there's a tendency for it to increase price and separate and, and introduce some element of impersonality, if you like, you, at a time when somebody's bereaved. Uh, they like to know that the person that's handling the arrangement and taking that stress away from them is somebody that they can get to know uh, and feel very secure. If you're constantly meeting new people along the way, it, it can't, it can't add, it must add to the stress. Yeah, I think so. And I think the other thing is that remembering that the smaller operation like my own, um, I don't have a hearse, I don't have a limousine. So that means that I don't feel under any pressure to uh, sell the hearse or limousine. So I can say to a client, look, um, if, you're, if the cost is you know, a strain, then let's not have a, a limousine at all. Most people have got a car, what's the point? Um, and if you're not bothered about uh, the traditional family funeral director walking down the street or doing the walk at the crematorium, um, we can get the coffin there in our private ambulance and it will save around about four to five hundred pounds. Mm. And so it allows me to be more honest, more open and uh, allowing the customer to feel, because most customers, you know, automatically assume that how's the coffin going to get to the crematorium without a hearse? They don't mm. realise that you can get the coffin to the crematorium in a private ambulance uh, or, or as some of my... Uh, other clients have done when they've done do it your way um, they've uh, taken the the, the uh, coffin to the crematorium in the back of an electrical van mm. you know um, the crematorium isn't precious about how the coffin arrives well I, I've been to funerals where the coffin is already in place and I've yes. been to other funerals when it's brought in from the uh, the hearse itself yeah. um, so I like the fact that and I think this is what's how your popularity has grown in the area is that you are very much focused on what is right for the customer yeah, yeah. Um, so being good with people is obviously a good quality for a 
um, a funeral director. I know you started your business four years ago um, without any experience at all. Uh, what are the qualities? What What are the qualities you would you would say are important yeah, as I far as the customer is concerned? As far as the customer is concerned, I think you you need to be empathetic. You've got to understand that they've just lost someone. So it's very important, even though you're sympathetic and you're, you're sorry for their loss, obviously, but they want you to get on with the job. Mm. So you need to be fairly firm with yourself. And you can, I mean, I have often sat and listened to the story of the one they've lost for half an hour mm. uh, while I'm having a cup of tea with them and they're, and, they're, and they're doing all the talking. But once there's a natural pause, you've got a job to do and you have to do it, but in a professional empathetic way you know you empathize with them all the way and um, whether it's a sudden death or whether it's a natural death it's still a shock it's still something that people are going to be very upset about so you have to be very very careful and try and judge how that person wants to be handled and I think my approach with whether it's text phone call email um, all, all those approaches and even whatsapp because you might be sending photographs of flowers because they want to know about flowers and you can supply flowers. They also might want to know about the celebrant. And so if they haven't got a vicar or a priest and they want you to supply someone to run the service, you need to be able to talk about that person and, and that person's delivery, most important. Because on the day, that's the person that will be doing all the work uh, and um, delivering the service in the in the in the chapel or the church. Mm. Um, so so that's important. So you need to be good with people. You certainly need to be uh, organised uh, because being organised and knowing exactly what you're doing exudes some confidence that with that person they want to know that the person that they're in the hands of now uh, is is really organised. And also you need to have developed a good relationship and network with other people that are involved in the funeral itself. Yeah. Um, it was quite interesting to me to read recently that the average funeral cost is about £4,700, but it's over £9,000 when you add in the extras such as the catering, the flowers, the services of the uh, the church or the celebrant, etc. So being organised and knowing knowing those people and getting that. So being able to create a team around you is clearly another quality that, that people want. Yeah, yeah, I think, and also being able to talk about those people with confidence. Yes. Um, so that the client has the confidence uh, to deal with all those people because the, certainly the celebrant or the vicar or the priest, that person that's delivering the service, needs to get in tight, needs to understand the person they've lost. We now need to uh, not only understand that person, but get the flavor, the taste, the shape of that person, getting their life in and their timeline or their eulogy, as the religious people would call it, getting that spot on. Where did they start their life? How did they finish their life? There's a hell of a hell of a lot in between if they're old uh, or older. And um, we need to know uh, all those details because after all, it may well be a funeral for some, but for the majority of people there, it will be a celebration of someone's life. The funeral business has changed over the... F that sounds as if the hunt is on the way, but I know that's your call signal for 
message. Is it a message? Is it text? Yeah. Or is it another customer? No, it's a, it's a text message. Sorry, right, I'll cut that out. <laughs> um, where was I going? It's fairly obvious that during COVID, uh, this pandemic, most businesses have changed. There's one business that stayed steady all the time, although it's changed its shape, has been that of the funeral business. Um, do, do you see any any way it's going to change in the future? How do you see your your job or your business changing in the future? I think the the dynamic of the of the funeral business has changed, and it was a, a fairly rigid shock to me because um, uh, the the last funeral I did before this all started, there was nearly five hundred people there. It was like turning up at a pop concert. It was unbelievably um, mob heavy it really was and obviously you're going to get 100 people in the particular crematorium so the others had to stand outside so we've gone from that down to initially just 10 and that included the funeral director and the celebrant so on a couple of funerals I had to stand out whilst they so an extra member of the family could stand in um, eventually now we've got to 24 so a, a creative inventive business person, funeral director, call them what you will, has to find a way around the situation. Now, the, the situation, I'll give you last Friday, we delivered a funeral for a lovely, lovely old gentleman, um, 86 years old, a character here in Wales, known by hundreds of people. Now, clearly hundreds of people could not be at the crematorium. Um, just family alone was 24, so family at the crematorium. So I suggested to the family what we'd do. Uh, I knew he had his uh, uh, breakfast at a, a little cafe in, in Wales. I said, look, what we'll do, we will drive through the centre of Wales at one o'clock, have all the friends outside Daniel's cafe, I think the cafe's called, outside the cafe and along the street, um, and uh, not too close together, obviously, social distancing, etc. And uh, when we drove through with the hearse, um, I think there was nearly 100 people there. Wow. And that made a hell of a difference to that family mm. because they felt that their father was a loved man, and he was. And um, so that's the sort of thing you can do. Others can come up to the crematorium, can come in, but they can be in their cars and feel part of it. Uh, but I think that was probably quite a good move, uh, getting people to be on the street um, and for us to drive the hearse past at a given time. Well, I know we've talked about the the way the future is for the average person out there. <laughs> and when we know that the people in the hospitality industry and event management and whether that's arranging weddings, concerts or whatever, it sounds if you've got an audience of potentially 500 in the future, uh, even if even under these conditions, it's more to do with crowd control. But the funeral itself, and I never thought of it before, is an event. Is an so event. if you're a good event and organiser, that's effectively what you're doing. Yeah. And I know in your previous life, you used to use uh, organise business events right across the southwest. So I suppose those skills have come in very useful. They have. And I mean, the thing is, I don't leave anything to chance. So today, for instance, we had to drive down the old Bristol Road. As you know, the old Bristol Road's a windy old road, you know, from Hunter's Lodge all the way down through Upper uh, Langford. Is it Upper Langford? No. Anyway, it, all the way through little villages and, little, you know, so it was quite tight. Um, so I drove that route 
uh, last Friday to make sure we had enough time to do it with the hearse because, and I think this is the thing, the secret is, is like if we have a burial, um, the day before the funeral, I will go up and, and I will walk the route because if I've got men carrying a coffin and the ground's squishy, I need to know it's squishy. Mm. If the ground's firm, I need to know it's firm. Mm. And uh, so all these things, I know it, it sounds, is it that important? Yes, it is. Well, I think when you're dealing with a professional, they make it look very, very easy. But we know that anything that looks easy, there's a lot more going on besides. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much indeed, Rod. And uh, maybe we'll talk later on uh, this week about other aspects of your business in your week as a funeral director. Yep. No problem at all. Thanks a lot.